Hey everybody, welcome back to BreachBrint. Uh, today we got a lot of hot stuff to discuss. A new keyword just dropped yesterday. Um, but before that, uh, let's talk a little bit about GG3. Uh, I am still stuck in GG2 uh, until this the week of this recording, but my co-hosts here have all gotten a few games in, so why don't we just uh, go around and kind of give a brief overview of things. So, Zach, I think you're up first. Yeah, so uh, I've played three games so far. Um, one Guard, one Cover, and one Cursed Objects. Uh, primarily, I've been working on um, Gen Con testing and such. My my initial uh, Guard the Stash stuff was not a Gen Con pool. That was more of a, a hypo shit. The, the pack's out, let's play a thing. Um... So I guess, oh, just to go over the basics of it, for that game I played Daw into Raspy. Um, we played all of the new new schemes for it, so it was not a very well curated pool whatsoever. It was, it was just, let's play the new shit. Um, yeah, so I took In Your Face, despite my hatred for it, and I took, uh, <laughs> I took uh, the secret meetup to prove a point. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I, I think Daw going into this is really good. I, I've, I've always noted how if you can get a situation going where your opponent has to deal with Daw, he's worthwhile, and in this situation I very much thought he would be worthwhile. Um, I was able to pull off getting Secret Meetup off of a large, large clump of rough terrain right near the middle where everybody I knew was going to be, and, um, in your face I was able to set up off of the... Off the golem, I got it all beat up, got it with staggered, and just sort of stood Daw next to it and said, yes, activate, take one point of damage, and die. So, it was fun. Um, and that was Daw 1? Uh, Daw 2, sorry. Okay. Daw 2. I think I like Daw 2 more in this current moment. But uh, second game, I played the Covert Operations. I played Shtuk 2 into this one. Um... Shit, what did I... I played it against Brew 2. That's it, Brew 2. Oh, and then, I mean, our Discord has mentioned that I think that he's one of the new hotnesses back into GG3. Honestly, all, all of his uh, end of activation, not end of activation, but end of turn, rather, movement shenanigans for these for these pools where you need to get bodies into specific places, I think is fantastic. Especially since you can shift around enemies, too, so they're not in the places they need to be. Fantastic. Um... This time around, I didn't take all new schemes. I took, like, Breakthrough and Spread, because I'm a nerd, and I like those ones. But uh, this one was a lot of fun. Um, like like noted, all that sort of movement tricks will be super useful. Stuck 2, being able to move people around, shift things, is very useful. Um, opponent's still new with, uh, with Brew 2, so there's probably things that could have been done positionally that neither one of us really thought of, but... It was a good game. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then lastly, Guard the Stash. I played Stuck again, this time into Ma. And um, it was... Ma 1, I assume? No, Ma 2. And did I, oh, say, okay. did I say Guard the Stash? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a mistake. Cursed Objects. It was again, yeah. Ma 2, Cursed Objects. Um, that was a bloodbath. We just sort of beat the shit out of each other. Um, I went for a janky weird list where I, I brought two Sinew and, and Molly, and I was trying to replicate the whole 
Hoffman deal, but in Rezzers, it fell apart on me almost immediately. My sinew died, like, turns one and two. It was terrible. Uh. <laughs> How do you lose... Oh, never mind. I'm going to leave it alone. That, that crew is super tanky in how you lose them that early. Oh, the sinew? <laughs> uh, I mean, well, Ma specifically has a lot of shit that ignores armor and their defense for. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. So, like, I mean, I, it was a lot of that. And, and frankly, with, uh, with cursed objects... You lose a lot of your 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 damage potency if you're constantly sitting there trying. If you're if you're playing the back and forth, tossing a curse back and forth between models, um, it turns into a lot of whole. Well, I toss it onto you, and then I take one attack, and well, then I toss it onto you, and then I take one attack. Um, so it was it was a bit of a grind fest. Like they they existed, and they they ate a bunch of HP, and they they weakened a few things, and. And I came out on top on that game, but it was it was very much a slog and just an absolute. It, it was interesting to say the least. Um, the list was not quite great, but overall, I think I think this is going to be another one of those those neat um, strategies where at least so far, I don't hate it more than the other like kill kill to get points sort of strategies that we've had in the past. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall, I'm I'm still fairly positive on on these things. I haven't found anything that uh, completely and totally just irks me, or I think is structurally broken in the strategies yet. But it's been a lot of fun. Well, I have one question about Strip Two and Ma. She like puts out a bunch of markers and Bayou eats scheme markers really well. Mm-hmm. Um, is that problematic since he kind of relies on the scheme marker? I guess he can do it in his activation. Yeah, there there was there was a lot of that where I'd toss them down and then they'd go and like mark territory or or whatever it's called and, and eat it and replace it with one of theirs and so I was I was definitely hindered in that sense. I took um I took spread them out. Yeah. No, load them up. I'm sorry. I'm I'm getting GG and names. They're all so similar at this point. But yes, I took load them up and I feel like I overestimated my my scheme marker output. And in that, that just turned into a big old wash overall. I got the second half of it because it doesn't require nearly as much work. But um, yeah, none none of that was working out too well. Admittedly, I think I think Stuck is slightly disadvantaged into Ma just because I think I think Ma and Ma too have a lot of a lot of tricks that uh, specifically negate a lot of the things he's doing. Gets around a lot of the the, the defensive tech that he has going on. So. Yeah. I feel like if anything, I got pretty lucky near the end of it. I was able to use, you know, Molly to like melt a couple of models, and that started working out for me. And I was able to take out a few things before they could score. Um, so it worked out, but it was it was definitely an uphill battle. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, Brian, you're up next. Uh, I've definitely I've got all four strats in now, uh, and a demo game. I have been very happy overall with GG3 so far. I mean, it's brand new, so everything's still shiny. But I've been playing a lot of Lady J lately, so two of the games were with Lady J. Uh, the most recent was Lady J2 in the Four Pillars, Covert Operations, um, which at that point I just killed everything and pulled a, a Neverborn move and said, you're not scoring any of these because I'm either going to bury you or kill you as you go up to get near these. Um, but 
that one ended pretty early because I just started wiping the board. Uh, we we just kind of called that one. But overall, the other ones weren't so killy that I played it, and there was much more back and forth, much more strategy involved. Um, I've played uh, Sami uh, into uh, Push the Plow, or um, what is the real name? I always call it Push the Plow now. Carve the Path, I think? Yes, Carve the Path. Thank you. Uh, and that was a lot of fun, uh, although she only summoned once that game. Uh, she was playing into a, a uh, Rezzer crew, and it was great. I don't remember who it was, uh, but I just remember it was Rezzers. And overall impressions were Tengu were amazing. Being able to do just go, hi, all my stuff's in your deployment zone all the way across the board by turn two. Go ahead and just spend all your AP trying to move it across. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's definitely a tactic. And that way most of my crew could just play defense and keep kicking the plow back or pushing the plow back there's back across. Uh, and I've played... Uh, McCabe as well. Uh, McCabe 2 in Cursed Objects. And that went pretty well just because I had Lever Mark and and I could kind of go to the center and shoot things down and just kind of muck things up while keeping all my stuff alive. Um, And you play McCabe in Thunders, right? Yes. Um, They will always be my first and foremost faction even though You'll see me play, talking a lot about Guild probably in the next uh, <laughs> couple of months because I have been on the Guild train uh, for a little bit now to freshen things up. He says freshen up, but he really means jumping on the filth. <laughs> you know, I avoided it for a long time, and considering I'm a Thunders player, uh, it, it's it's more of a side grade than jumping on the filth. It's freshening it up for me. Going from one filth horse to another. <laughs> yes, but I'm not a dirty, dirty reser. That so. is true. You got that going, at least. Cry more. <laughs> well, yeah, how about you, Scott? Uh, well, I've gotten in quite a few games. I've got seven games in so far. Uh, on God damn. Um, most of those have been Guard the Stash, because uh, a lot of my opponents, it's been their first GE3 game. And I think that's probably the easiest of the strategies to uh, introduce someone to GG3. Uh, shout out to the Columbus, Ohio meta. Uh, went down there on a Sunday. Uh, they had kind of like a Malifaux get-together kind of thing. So I got a couple games in down there. Great bunch of guys down there. If you're ever in the Columbus, Ohio area and they're getting some games together, great bunch of guys. Uh, I played, I'm not going to go too much into depth into my games. I played Pandora 2, Dreamer 2, and Nekoma 2 into a couple of these and um they all seem to do well uh of course dreamer 2 my best boy he uh he he does the best because well he's just he's the best what can i say <laughs> um so i have tried to avoid the whole when i've been playing the guard the stash avoiding the slogs in the middle uh just to not get too much into that i did do it once with a nekama 2 Versus a Mali game, and it just became, I think there was like nine models within four inches of the middle point. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was quite the slug. But uh, unfortunately for the Mali crew, they all have one inch reach and black blood's a thing. So they took a while to chew through it because um, he did get quite a bit of healing off because he had Philip and the Nanny healing off of 
Archie and then the totem going in and healing. So it took a little bit longer than I thought, but eventually I cleared the field and nothing but Nephilim was standing. So <clears throat> that was a fun game. Uh, my How only strat points do you score? Well, that's not important. It's important that there's just a lot of stuff <laughs> dead. No, uh, no, it's important because of my point from our hot takes uh, on that strategy. He he scored early uh, because I got red in my eyes. But um, when he had <laughs> not a whole lot of models left in the game, it makes it hard to score guard stash. So so that you both tore, scored like what two off the strat? No, I scored. Well, we scoot or uh, we stopped early because he was down to his totem and a few rabble risers. So he, we stopped, but I probably would have gotten three. Okay. Um, I did have as long as it wasn't four. That's no, it was, was uh, definitely was not four. I missed out on the first one. I got four when I played guard the stash. Well, that's good for you. <laughs> I, I do. Ha I do have a funny story. Um, this kind of ties into if anyone's listened to the Swamp Fiends about their episode about Jokers. Uh, so I was playing a game, and I was trying to get set to trap with my Pandora Two crew. And I had Dorian Crow was close enough he could walk, drop a marker to get it by one model. And Candy, who was engaged at the time, was going to. My plan was she was going to get pushed out of pushed out of um, being engaged uh, by uh, either herself or a different model, and then she was going to drop my marker to score it. So. What happened was a long list of jokers. So I was going to use Dorian Crow's free action to push her out, and I black jokered it, which I'm glad I did because after the game I realized that wouldn't have worked because he can't move models that are engaged. He can only move models that are unengaged. So I'm actually looking back, I'm glad I failed because then I would have cheated. So I'm like, okay, uh, I can still get out. So Candy you was going to try and use her free action to give someone stunned and Pandora two was close enough that I would get to move that model. Well, the person flipped the red joker on the defense on my free action. So that failed. And then um, what got me out of engagement was her heal has a trigger to hand out fast and that's her misery. So I healed the model stone for the trigger, which of course, since it's tactical, there's no resistance pinged him for her damage for the misery then he took two for getting fast and then got pushed two inches away which then allowed candy who was the last activation to drop the scheme marker to get the uh, set the trap so um definitely was fortunate in that there was a lot of redundancy since the jokers came up but uh that was just a a fun moment to uh kind of brain work in the brain to see what i could do after uh, some unfortunate jokers i've taken set the trap twice now i'm really liking it so far what are you thinking of it uh i really like it Especially, again, with Dreamer 2, who I've been playing the most. I mean, he does it almost as easy as he used to do detonate uh, charges in GG2. Um, of course, fortunately, in the pools that I have played Set the Trap in, the person was playing not so much a bubble crew, but it was a crew that certain models wanted to be close by. And with his ability to drop two markers easily and all my other stuff that can drop markers and Pandora two does it. Well, also Dorian Crow, don't mind me on the ability just to move my enemy, the enemy models with the misery and Pandora being able to move them and take damage from misery. It becomes a uh, uh, pretty, pretty easy Pandora two can't do it as easy as dreamer two, but you know, not a lot of crews can do it as easy as he can. 
Yeah, I really liked it with uh, with Stuck too, just because he's got that six inch range shockwave three that is a scheme marker. And and then his totem can throw out a scheme marker with a shockwave if he hits the trigger. So yeah, correct. Which honestly, that 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 one scored me a few points. Which spoiler alert? We'll get to the dabblers, and that's a point I wanted to make with the dabblers. Oh yeah, range scheme markers, absolutely. But no, yeah, I was able to, the first time I scored the first half of that scheme, I, I dropped it down and hit three models with it, and I was able to just leave that one there and get the first point off of it, which was awesome. Um, though the second time I got it, it it was the worst case scenario, where I had three separate schemes across the table, scoring off of three different models like that. Um, but I, I enjoy it, I think it's a, it's a pretty good scheme. Yeah, and I think what it does, like I said, it has a bit of the detonate charges, but I don't think you need to be as tuned of a crew for dropping this as you do for detonate charges. So it makes it a little bit easier for maybe a crew that doesn't have the magical way to throw out ski markers can still do it, um, but uh, it is easier when you can do the range ski markers or drop ski markers without It is also interacts. not as auto-score... Um, with things like hucksters or any model that can drop, move, drop uh, on a model that's already activated. So it is, a, in my opinion, a little more strategic than just wait for them to activate a model, then go score it. With that said, the uh, the strategies do, since, since they promote going to specific locations on the board, you can preemptively drop schemes in those areas to try and, you know, either bait it or... Or fake it, or, or whatever. It's how I scored it when I got mine. I played it uh, in covert operations. Yeah, and Stuck likes to likes to litter. At least Stuck too likes to litter the board with schemes in general and in locations like that to try and set up to give out characteristics. So it's really easy for him to either just do it or to or to fake it, just because he wants that that and anyways. So it kind of worked out well. Nice. Well, it sounds like everybody's enjoying GG3. It's always good to hear. Um, hopefully, I'll be getting a bunch of games in over the next week or so. So, be able to contribute more then. But uh, for now, we have the witness keyword to discuss. So. The new uh, amazingness to, to talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just new and shiny and sparkly. <laughs> and I haven't super read through these, uh, but I think. Let's go ahead and start with the configuration itself, because that's kind of a big piece, and then we can go through the crew piece by piece. If that makes sense to you guys? Sure. Uh, do we want to give the a little of the fluff stuff first, before we start diving into all keywords? I know we're not big on fluff, but Zach had uh, found something out, and I don't remember which one it is, but I know Defective Dice also mentioned they were going to do a full video on it if you are into the fluff. But until then, Zach, did you want to mention where you found the story? Yeah, so it's episode 28, I believe. It's the puzzle box. Um, if you go to... Bre- uh, shit, what is the... Breachside Broadcast, that's it. Um, you can find it on, on YouTube and I think Podbean. Podbean. It does not seem to be on Spotify for some reason. A, bu- a bunch of the older episodes don't seem to be on there. But the, the general basic idea of what the story is about is a witchling stalker. It's all from his point of view, going through the process of being a witchling stalker, trying to figure out things about himself. Um, long story short, 
he had he was a rogue mage that had chiseled runes into his skull and purposefully let himself get caught by the, the witch witch hunters so that he could go in experience the the white uh, the the yellow crypts magics learn them and then regain his sense of self and steal that information and leave um so that is damien ravencroft and also his his uh main henchman um bellavatine thorpe was his handler from that story so she defected to work with him for whatever reason unknown to us currently yeah it's in one of the best stories if you haven't listened to it uh, i highly recommend it yeah and then uh shout out still to the original defective dice video that talks about lohith and the soulstone gammon uh that whole story is is a newer one but also it is very cool that weird is diving deep and bringing models straight from the fluff again, uh, which is always amazing for me. I love that part. <laughs> yeah, it's something I really enjoy, but I I try to savor it and only listen to a couple at a time. Uh, but yeah, I still think about there's the one where it's like uh, Sherlock Holmes, basically, and he's just walking around and eventually he figures out all these fictitious characters have escaped from the Malifaux library or something. And yeah, it's good stuff. Isn't that the one where it turns out he's like an amalgamation of various fictional characters ripped from a book? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That was, that was another really good one. Mm hmm. All right. Well, let's start going through this stuff. So if I'm trying to boil this down, basically Configuration is a lot like cards removed from the game, like Dreamer, or surely there are other people that do it. Or Dreamer. Um, yeah. But uh, kind of the main keyword ability is repository, right? Yep, repository. Uh, when you activate, you can add a card from your hand to the configuration, which basically is like from the game, you can have up to your hand size removed from the game. Can't add jokers. Um, end the, phase, discard them all. The main the main shtick with it, though, is it adds um, conduit to all the models there at the bottom. So basically, mm-hmm. the, the, the idea is that you have almost like a second hand available to you that's equal to your hand size. And then for every... So if you have three cards in that that match a suit with themselves, you get to add that suit to all your dual totals for all of your models. Um... So theoretically, without any additional cards, if you just have a six-card hand, you can you can work up to six. I mean, two different suits baked into your duels. Of course, this is Arcanists, so they can have seven cards if they want. That's just what they do. So in that situation, you could very well have it set up so you have two suits built in with that extra card there as a buffer. So whenever you add new ones to it, you can cycle them out without screwing up the two suits that you have built in in there. Or you could play it really tricky, have one built in, then have two different sets of two, and then swap one out to bounce back and forth between a second suit if you need it. That's pretty interesting, yeah. Yeah, also, uh, too, to note, when you do add a card to it, you get to draw a card. So if you have a handful or of bad cards, you can always put 
just low cards in there, even though there is some advantages we'll go over later of having uh, high cards in there as well. Yeah, somebody actually put together a cheat sheet for that, um, listing out all the abilities and, and what triggers them concerning that. So I'll probably end up bringing that up and having that available just in case uh, we need to reference that. Very nice. And that just, uh, just attaches to the leader? or how it, seems, it, it seems to be attached to the crew. Um, I, it doesn't say anything about just about having it if if you're playing a witness model outside of a witness crew, though. So I think it's only if you're playing witness as a crew. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, okay. I think, yes. So, so with that said, since it is attached to the crew and not a specific model, um, abilities like what's on Von Stuck 1 and what's his face? Shenlong 2 cannot turn this off. They cannot get close to one of your models and just turn this off, thankfully. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Well, let's continue on to the Master himself. <clears throat> Damien Ravencroft. Uh, 5, 7, 5, 2. 11 hitboxes. So um, really good willpower. Yeah. yeah and he has, he has nice. quite a few new abilities there on the front of his card. Yeah, I can kind of just read through a couple of these here. So maintain order seems to be one of the bigger ones on here. If he's the leader after an enemy declares an action in LOS that they've already declared, they have to discard a card or it fails. So that's kind of a Molly light. I, honestly, I think it'd be like Molly Deluxe. I actually like this more than Molly's version. Yeah, cause... yeah. go ahead and try to flurry and, and multi-attack on my models and see how many cards you have. Yeah, honestly, like I, I almost wish this is what Molly had because I feel like it plays into what she does really well. <laughs> but uh, despite my my jealousness over over this, um, it is definitely the best version of this sort of an ability that exists. With uh, Asami 2's injured one being the worst. Um, Can we not bring her up today? I'm, I'm I apologize. With that said, this is a lot better. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, love me some card attack. Uh, the next one... I was just, I was just going to say, I think card attack is going to be a, a big deal for this crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the, the next one, uh, actually, I think is uh, kind of low-key, the one that you really need to watch out for. Um, being able to um, give your... Uh, model shielded and push him two inches, kind of like what we talked about before with our games. Uh, that out of activation movement is going to be really good. So it's basically it's a uh, uh, a card of nine or higher goes into the configuration. Uh, he can choose a model in his line of sight to give shielded and movement too. So um, yeah, definitely something that is going to be really good, especially if he's going late in the turn and you need to push a model up to a marker or get it into position. Uh, it's going to be a, a good way of doing it. So it is shielded or may move it up to two. Yeah. So it's one or the other. Sorry, I, I, I don't think I said that. But yes, it is one or the other. Cool, cool. Um, so he has a repository, superiority, already complex, which is my favorite ability from Burns. Uh, Worse reduce... armor. Uh, you, can make it, you can make it as good as armor with some work. Um, and then witness the in-between... When a friendly witness model would cheat, they can discard a card to cheat 
with the card from configuration. So if you think stitched together are good, you have a whole crew that can do that. So does that removes the card from the configuration when you cheat with it, correct? Yes, it goes into the discard from there, I believe. Okay, that would, that yeah, would make sense. because it gets put into the duel, so... Because it'd be busted otherwise. Let's just cheat with this 13 over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you actually, I believe, are taking the card and adding it to the duel and instead discarding a card. Sure. Yeah, the only people that can do that is uh, Savages, if there's one card in the discard. <laughs> yeah. But that's very rare. Um... So it's very similar to kind of like what Maxine's crew does with their uh, reconfigurability, uh, being able to cheat a low card to make it a higher. I mean, not exactly the same, but along the same lines. Well, Maxine, mm-hmm. Maxine can discard a card to cheat off the top of the opponent's discard pile. So I think that that's probably the, the, the similarity specifically there. Uh, but just in general, card draw for the entire crew with the configuration anti-cards with maintain order, like eating your hand if you want to do anything a second time, and uh, superiority complex for a little bit of defense tech, and cheating from a second hand that you can set aside. So, card advantage seems to be the way uh, this guy's going. Yeah, they're incredibly good at, at molding their hand into being exactly what they need, honestly. And then building yeah, the... in suits, because that can fake. Yeah, consistency. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that unlike Stitch, you can uh, essentially use the cheat with your configuration any number of times per activation. So you could burn them all if you wanted to. You'd also have to burn your hand in order to do so. Well, yeah, sure, it's expensive, but it's nice to have an option. Uh, so he has attack options, but I feel like just my initial read should start bottom and go up from there. No, start, don't start at the bottom. I don't like this bottom ability. I hate it, and <laughs> I don't want to see it anymore, and I'm not happy it's on another master. I hate it. Well, I wanted to cover it just because knight to e5 is a cool trigger to have, because I used to be a chess nerd, kind of. Um, so what is the tactical that we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, sure. So it's confiscated lore... Stat 7 needs 12, so a 5. Once per activation, look at the top 5 cards of your opponent's fate deck and discard any number of them, putting them back in any order. Now, these do not have Yoko's triggers at all. These are two new triggers on there. So while the main part is good, Black Stain is not there. Yoko has Confiscated Lore too. Yoko 2. Because I know Sonya has this. Yes. And now oh, we no, have no. 3. Oh, I guess I didn't realize she also had that. Okay, well, he does have two really cool triggers. Infinite Puzzle on a Tome. Discard three cards from your configuration, so that's kind of your summon cost there. Summon the Puzzle Box within four. Pretty nice to have a recurring totem. Uh, Dreamer 2 can appreciate that. And, um, and then on a Yeah, very true. Uh and on a mask is knight to e5. For each card discarded, this model may choose a friendly witness in the LOS. All chosen models may push up to two in any direction. So that is really nice. Really nice tactical. And I was wrong just before we move on. Uh, Yoko 2 has a better version of this called Hidden Ledger. Practically the same thing, but uh, not a little better in my opinion. Sure. Because it's seven cards. 
Yeah. Well, that is a really good ability. Uh, let's see. Dreamer does a similar deck attack thing, and Euripides 2 does as well, so I know how dirty that can be. Last game with Euripides 2, pretty sure every single rune I spent, I looked at a severe and a weak, tossed the severe, gave my opponent his weak back. So, this is kind of like that, but uh, five at a time, so. Anything else to say? I think we agree it's a good ability. <laughs> it, it's uh, once per activation for a reason on a master. It's a very strong... Uh, well, I mean, you'd only want to... Well, no, since you could discard, you could technically cycle through way too many cards. So, very strong tactical action. Probably done every turn. Yeah, well, honestly, I think what makes it best in this situation is how the rest of his actions are structured. Because it allows you to do this, the bonus... And two attacks, you're still effectively punching someone three times. So we'll probably move on to the bonus action since we're going bottom to top. Yeah, this is... This looks kind of like uh, what Klaus wishes his ability was. 10-inch, <laughs> uh, 6 on willpower, bonus action, choose a suit. For each card of the chosen suit in your config, the target suffers irreducible up to three damage. And on um, a mask, non-master only... Uh, till the end phase can't reduce damage other than with soul stones. So that's like your master henchman killer type. Yeah, so so you, you go with this action. So I would imagine you would confiscate lore first, ruin the top of the opponent's deck, go with this, get that trigger, hit them for three irreducible, turn off everything except for soul stones, so when you smack them, the next two times, they're, they're, it's effectively like you're hitting them with Irreducible unless they can use Soul Stones. Interesting. So do you want to use it on Henchmen, or do you actually want to do Enforcers, then? I think I think this sets him up to be an absolute Enforcer killer. Um, however, I think in against Masters and Henchmen, it turning off the rest of their And it can't be all well, the triggers non-Master. Oh, is it? Yeah. 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 Okay, so then on Henchmen. If you yeah. use it on a Henchman, it turns off all their their non-soul stone damage reduction, it forces them to start using their soul stones. So at that point, you're you're burning through their resources with your other attacks, which I think is nice. Well, not only on top of that, but especially any henchman that is relying on armor. So you, since you're turning off any reduction but side soul stones, so now their armor's gone, uh, anything like that. So Hinamatsu would absolutely hate this. Yeah, your, your, your two armor low wound count like henchmen absolutely abhor this which will get better for damien when we get to hit the next ability up on the card uh just because of things stacking <laughs> yeah so um he has esoteric debate that is the next attack action going from bottom to top it's range 10 stat 6 targeting willpower target suffers two three blast five blast damage the target gains injured one if there's at least one card of value nine or greater in your configuration. So what this tells me is, A, you're going to be aiming for a... a you're going to choose a suit, and you're going to focus in on getting three of that suit. But you're also going to want one card of nine or higher in your configuration for abilities like this. And there are there are multiple other abilities within the faction, I mean, the keyword, rather, that either trigger off of or or trigger because of having nine or higher in your in your configuration, which 
memories of the lost crypt on the front of, of the yellow crypt on the front of his card triggers off of putting that nine in there you're handing out the shield or a move so optimally you're going to want three of one suit one of which probably being a nine so that you can get the full effect off of this yeah and yes. stacking injured yeah, on and top of already reducing things exactly and then uh his triggers drain magic so hand attack and then um, also the drought secrets, uh, so you can drop a ski marker. But I think most people are going to be going for that uh, drain magic. Get those uh, three crows in there, and uh, you use this twice. So now you're injured two, and you just lost two cards. And now I'm going to hit you with my stat six, three irreducible attack. Yeah, I honestly I feel like um, I think crows are going to be your go-to original suit. Um, most of the keyword has a crow or two. Uh, suit uh, triggered to get and uh, a lot of them are very good but in this situation yeah drain magic is absolutely fantastic so if I was going to talk about like my optimal idea for what he's doing in an activation it would be confiscating lore to ruin the top of the opponent's deck hitting him with lost knowledge uh, I mean lost knowledge knowledge is power rather hit them with the three irreducible possibly turning off their armor and then smacking them with debate twice hitting him with drain magic each time. Because assuming you have it built in at this point, so you have the consistency of expecting to be able to just ruin them. So, assuming they somehow survive that onslaught, they're going to be sitting there with injured injured two and minimum seven damage done to them, and they've lost two cards from their, their hand. Well, that's also important to point out that drain magic also lets you do a free card cycle too, so... On Very top nice. of the card cycling you're getting for just activating models in your crew. Yeah, so again, mm-hmm. it's just the hand sculpting here is incredible. You're gonna be you're gonna be having like fire hands all the time. I wouldn't know like that what that likes with Dreamer too. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of just on our when we've been bullshitting, I've been kind of trying to think about uh, different ways to describe playstyles in Malifaux that aren't just aggro control. This guy kind of screams blue from magic to me. Hand killer. It's You're going to play top decking the whole game if you play against this crew, is the initial impression. Yep. And, and I think also, too, what we haven't mentioned is all his stuff. Uh, Confiscated lore, he doesn't have to, he can do that anywhere on the board and it doesn't matter. But his two attacks are 10 inch range, so he doesn't need, need to get close to the enemy. He just stands back there in that 8 to 10 inch range and just hits you every single time. So he doesn't have to put himself in danger with that defense 5. Yeah, that's very important because other other than superiority complex, he has effectively nothing to defend himself with. Exactly. Other than exactly. stones. So with that said, though, since him and a lot of the crew are handing out a bunch, a large variety of negative conditions onto the opponent, you're, you're likely to have something on them so that he's you know taking that reduced damage. But with 11 wounds and 5 defense... The last thing he wants is to be getting punched in the face. At least mm-hmm. uh, his last attack, Runic Blade, does uh, have the Siphon Life trigger on a ring. Yeah, yeah, and admittedly, I mean, he so he a cool lore bit. He he brought his Runic Blade over from being a stalker. It's the same attack action that they have, but um, of course, his being a stat sick with with Siphon Life, which again, if you if you think about 
how, the configuration and how that plays into the rest of the crew, you can theoretically build in the siphon life trigger. So at that point, you're punching people for what three, four, six damage, and you're healing two every time you hit. Yeah, but let's be honest. If he's using a sword, things have gone wrong. Probably. <laughs> yeah. But it's nice to have. Yeah, well, at least he has an engagement range. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, if we're talking about masters with bad melee attacks, need I bring up Lucius Matheson once again? <laughs> and his fancy cane that's stat 5? Yeah, I thought we already established he's OP in GG3. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not talking about the OP masters here. Well, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair enough. But this guy's just borderline OP. So, any any final thoughts then on uh, on Damien Aspirant before we move on to his totem? No, I think he's he looks real good. He seems like he's really about enabling his the rest of his crew too. Like he's not spiking for damage, but handing out injured. I mean, he very well could. I mean, he's 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 got a potential top out of. Of five to six on his on his melee and five blast on his on his ranged gun. So I mean, I think he he puts out a lot of good damage, but he's also one of those masters that has a bunch of passive abilities that helps the crew a lot. So he might be one of those one of those masters that you kind of have to just single out and kill to kind of like wipe a lot of the effectiveness of the rest of the crew. I'll say, and we didn't mention the draw out secrets trigger on that same uh, exoteric debate at ten inch range on a tome and again triggers being something that you could sculpt for or build in with this crew so lots of scheming uh-huh. potential on top of support and killing pretty pretty, killing. pretty well-rounded all 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 things considered i feel yeah other than being squishy maybe <laughs> yeah yeah Can't Stun is not this guy's friend yeah absolutely stunned is probably going to be the bane of this entire crew's existence cool well I don't think we need to go through like the stat lines of every model here, but let's just kind of go over the the main abilities and stuff. So, puzzle box. There's three health boxes. Armor. How's the soul? So, I think I've seen this on a few of the models. Yeah, this allows you to keep cards in your configuration at the end of the turn instead of having to discard them all. So, you depending on how many models you bring with this ability... Uh, you'll be able to keep cards in your configuration as opposed to just getting starting fresh every turn. Which I think is going to affect your your crew building considerably. So the totem gets one. You're probably going to want two more models with this ability so that you can keep a suit that you've got built in in between rounds. Um, maybe even bring more just so you can do more of it and have some redundancy so that you're not losing your suit upon the loss of one model. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's... Insignificant, and he has repository, like everybody else. Hit this. So he doesn't have any attack actions, which is not super common. He has this pretty crazy ability I'm reading through here. Um, It just goes off six inches once per turn. Rework the configuration. Swap three cards from your hand with cards in the configuration. Oh, that's pretty easy. For each card, resolve an effect based on the suit. So for a crow... Enemy enemies within six inches must pass at eleven. Willpower take two damage. Ram is move a marker, any marker, up to two inches. Tomes hands out a shield, and mask moves somebody up to two inches. Friendly. So that seems like a ton of value for zero card flips. <laughs> 
Yeah, and if you discard three of one, you get to have that, I would assume, three times. So you could hand out three shielded, move three models, you know, so on and so forth. And honestly, yeah. if, if you're going for those crows, like we said, you do do three crows and you're you're throwing out a bunch of TNs. At six basically. inch range. Yeah, so that's not too bad. And we just talked about injured on the master, so that's pretty nice. And then um, uh, the next ability, uh, Simple Solution, is also once per turn, so there's only so many things this guy's going to do. But it's <laughs> Friendly Witness only. It does need a 6 to go off. Uh, if the target is cost 7 or less, it gains fast. Otherwise, it gains focus plus 1. So for all your uh, lower minions in that, you can give them fast because it's Friendly Witness only. And for your higher cost uh, henchmen and enforcers, you give them focus. Uh, I love it. He's just passing out his AP to his friends. Complete support uh, totem. Yep. And then his last one, he stole from Pandora. Box opens. Yeah. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that either. Six-inch pulse, <laughs> 14 willpower duel, or take two damage and gain stun. Now, he does need a 10 to get it off, but it's his free action, so you're going to try pretty much every turn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a master level action on a on a totem it's it's ridiculous um admittedly he is you know soft and squishy and small so this thing's probably going to be a, a big target but damien can also summon it back so you're going to be opening the box on people probably a lot yeah and did when we look at that for his resummon, does it come in already activated no i think it just comes in summoned so yeah, if you manage to kill this early and then damien goes and summons it back all this can happen again Yep. Get some material action. Yeah. For a 10, though, is at least expensive. And you gotta respect the pun. You know. uh, yeah, he's pretty awesome simple. The puzzle box, uh, good support piece, and uh, something that you can't keep dead, because he will just discard three from the top of your deck to get it back. Which is good, because honestly, you want House the Soul to maintain cards within your conveys. So it's one of those things where you could easily just like have, have a full configuration end of turn. Okay, I'm going to dump the three I'm going to lose anyways to bring this thing back so I can maintain my, my built-in suit. Yep. Yeah, and it doesn't do quite enough where I would target it immediately, like somebody like Chompy Bits maybe. Be more attention-drawing. I, I do think it's pretty... Um, exposed to shockwaves and such with its defense 4 and its movement 4. Willpower is its best stat. I, I don't understand an inanimate object having willpower 6, but... <laughs> well, listen to the story, because it, it links to that story of Damien. That's why it has willpower 6. <laughs> it's actually God. In a box. Okay. Yep, we'll just uh, go with that. This next one looks like one badass bitch. Uh... <laughs> Bella Ventine Thorpe. So this one was his handler when he was a, a stalker. And the Very card nice. art is exactly as she's described from the story. Cost 9, henchman living. Decent stats, 6552. And then first thing, front of the card, Arcane Shield 2, always a good thing. Uh, Deadly Pursuit, which we've talked about, and people are realizing that uh, it's very good in this GG. Uh... Guild Deserter, the first new thing. Enemy models within five must each discard a card to take the concentrate action. So another card attack, uh, just not a passive ability on the front if you're near. Then the repository, 
and then right side of the law. When this model activates for each RAM card in your configuration, a different friendly model in line of sight on the board uh, may heal one to a maximum of three models. So passive so healing good. and lots of goodness. So an argument to make your RAMs maybe your, your second priority. Because that's great. Yeah, big time. Yeah, especially when we get to her tactical, which has a the, a great ram trigger, and her attack, which has a great ram trigger. Mm-hmm. So speaking of that attack, she does have the runic blade. So classic runic blade. It also has drain magic. So again, uh, getting crows, it's even more card attack with card cycles, more more grooming your hand. And then she has a, a, a what I think might be a brand new trigger on her ram, ignition. Immediately, models within pulse two of this model gains burning plus two, so you don't need to like win the duel or anything. It just happens, um, which kind of makes me wonder if she might be good in a Karis list, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, that's that's pretty dirty. <laughs> yeah, and then her her gun is something that, as a Neverborn player, I do not want to see. Her arcane <laughs> firearm, twelve inch gun, stat six. Does two, three, four, and if the target is willpower six or higher, you are stunned. So this is a brand new attack action, isn't it? That's the first time I can remember seeing it. Yeah, yeah. especially something targeting a specific willpowers on enemies uh, outside of Ivan. Yep, and then uh, trigger to she can take a card from her configuration and add it to her control hand, which notably is on a crow yes. again, yeah. which is can be good if you're. Uh, configuration is getting up to five six cards because since you can't go over your hand size then you have to start discarding them so if you're getting up there high and you still have card models who are going to be putting more cards in there you can pull a card out that you uh, may want or just keep it from having to uh, discard from your configuration so uh, a good way to help control the number of cards in your configuration see i actually see this as a uh like a, it's, it's a glorified hand refill, but it's targeted. So you put the things that you want into your configuration. So you can either late, t- late turn, start pulling things out of it that you don't want to get discarded in between rounds so you can hold on to them. Um, or it's very much a thing where you, you could drop some big cards in there and then pull them out when you need it with this. So I think that's it's, it's honestly really neat. But um, another point to add with that, though, is... So, Repository requires you to add a card from your control hand to your configuration to draw the card. So, if you don't have any cards in your hand, you can't do it anymore. So, this allows you to pull cards back out of it to get stuff into your hand so you can start getting that going again. And am I understanding you guys correct that when your hand size, your normal hand size goes down, your... um config size goes down too? Yes. yes. So you have to discard cards oh, from the config potential? Oh, maximum hand size. So unless you're oh, playing okay. against Anya or something that reduces your maximum hand size, you can... It's it's based on that. Not the actual cards in your hand at the time. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that would suck. Uh, yeah, tactical actions. Outmaneuver looks really good. Six inches needs a five to go off. Uh, up to two friendly models can push up to three inches. And on a ram, uh, once per turn, one other friendly non-master witness model moved this way may take a non-bonus action. 
Yeah, so it's a charge action. It, it's yeah, it's one of the cheapest obeys out there. Basically, it's just a five of rams, which again you can build the ram in. Um, notably, it says one other friendly non-master witness model. So since it is a tactical, you can target yourself and move her with it. You just can't you can't move her and then obey herself to do something. Gotcha. Well, this is yet another example of a model that's better than Lucius Matheson. Um, because that model can take a charge action. And Fisher Command doesn't do that. Yeah. And let me guess, uh, probably going to be seeing a lot of people doing this to their golem, so push the golem three inches, and then it gets to charge after that. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then, then it can ping itself a point of damage to punch you for six damage. But we'll, we'll get to him later. <laughs> I'll say, he's already been uh, spoiled and revealed, so it's it's not that big. We're talking about Lohith, the, uh, the other henchman. And yeah. then... The last action on the on the card, the bonus action, is I got your back. It's a classic action. Um, it's it's hit or miss on how useful it is. It's probably the, the the most niche thing on this entire card. But with that said, they do have a tome trigger on there called Mag- Magical Dampening. Until the end phase, enemy models cannot de- declare triggers and oppose duels with the target, which is incredibly useful. Isn't that what the... What's that guild guy? The Qualler? The Valerian Qualler? They yeah. might... Thinking has that same deal, yeah. Really good in the right situation for sure. Yeah, I think I think this is a fantastic henchman. Yeah, she does a lot. Yeah, like all 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 the all the movement tricks, like her having her own deadly pursuit, like in in a GG that requires you having bodies in specific places. These abil these sorts of abilities, especially moving two models outside of activation for three, could win you games. Period. Uh, it's, it's not a could. It this will win you games. It, it, it's yes. played right. Yeah. And with the discard to kind of multiply the master, I feel like she's basically a core piece, just from having read three of the models so far. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, I I would say that's um, not only just the movement, but uh, the free heals when she activates. Um, that I've got your back is going to be a game changer for saving the master. Pulling the master out and get that trigger. And now, okay, you want to try and take out my master? No triggers. So, no more crit strike for you. Yep, exactly. So yeah, she's definitely um, a. Uh, I wouldn't say. I never want to say a must take, but uh, I don't see a whole lot of people leaving her at home. Yeah, I think she's in most crews. <laughs> Plus, the skull makeup is super sick. She was inspired by the new uh, Lady J box. Or was Lady J inspired by her? Uh, Dabblers, I think, are next. Um, five, 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 two, cost five. You can have up to three of them, and they're shared with Whizbang. Um, Arcane Shield, one. They're blast resistant, one. Uh, so reducing all damage from shockwaves and, and blasts. They have the repository. Then they have Before the Storm. When this model takes the lightning strike action, which is one of its attacks, uh, it may discard two glowy tokens to increase the shockwave value by one. Uh, and I'm assuming you can only do that once. If you had four glowy tokens, you can only add one, but I could be wrong. I'm not a, a well, yeah, you can super only do amazing it once about new light- cards and rules. No, actually, no, you could do it more than one. For, a second, for some reason, I was thinking it was a free action. But yeah, if you had four glowy, you could do it twice. Uh, and then the unexpected outcome, which is where she's going to be getting glowy tokens from, 
once per activation after this model fails a duel generated by itself or an enemy model, it gains a glowy token and may add the top card of a discard pile to your configuration. So the first card in the keyword that can add more than one card to the config each time it goes. I think this that ability specifically makes this a must-take model. You need at least one of these. And we haven't even got to lightning strike or it's tactical or anything else with like that ability itself. Cause it's just, so any action generated by it or an enemy. So if you attack somebody and miss, Oh, Hey, look, I, I get a card up in here, you know, like it's, then they attack you and, uh, you fail and you live with your arcane shield one, you can add a card in. Yeah, it's it's absolutely great. Like, it, it makes it where like your your typical pot shots that a model takes, like like a cheap model like this takes a pot shot, is it, it turns those into win more situations for yourself. Where like it doesn't matter if it, if it goes off or not because you're gaining value from it either way. It's, those pot shots are decent, anyways. Uh, <laughs> with a two, three, four, with two different triggers. <laughs> so yeah, go into it. El- Elemental bolt. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's uh, the same attack uh, that's on other models, but uh, its triggers are on a tome, strong winds, which uh, is in a bunch of the monk keyword. Push the target two inches away from this model for each tome in the action's final total to a maximum of six inches, uh, and another crow from mountain to valley. In your configuration, has any cards value five or six? The target gains stunned. If it already has stunned, it instead suffers plus one damage. Ten so inch range stat five. So so the so this is potentially a min three range ten gun on a five stone model. Yeah, that's that's stunning at ten inch range. Yeah, and we we've already noted a few instances of, of handing out stun that, that's already exists within the crew between you know, the box opens and 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 Bell's gun. So like you could you could set somebody up like this where like in a previous action, you know, you, you throw your big guys at things, put stunned on something, and so when they're all weakened and everything, you just have your unassuming little five stone model walk up and smack you for six damage. Yeah, this you're gonna be out of cards a lot. This could yeah. be ridiculous. Just volley yeah. of fire. And chances are with this keyword you can have better hand than your opponent anyways. And the injured helps too to make that a little better. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of that too because of the master. Yep, exactly. And that's just one well, of attack. Yeah, this lightning strike looks pretty great. Uh, eight inch gun needs a six to go. Shockwave one, move thirteen, damage two. But then yeah, the front end, front of the card ability lets you increase the value by, I mean theoretically infinite, but probably up to like maybe three or four max i would guess but um the crow for each odd card in your config look at the top card you may discard any non-jokers from so the top is, of your fate deck yeah yeah that's so, pretty great yeah. yeah so that's that's deck sculpting you know again just ensuring that you're using quality and only quality yep and then the tome is once per turn uh when resolving after dropping the shockwave, drop a scheme marker next to it. Very nice. So this is this is just a better version of not a bomb, because not a bomb makes it so you just you don't get to still hit the person with the shockwave. But with this, you're getting all the benefits of the shockwave while also dropping a scheme marker. So this in a, is, in fairness, though, that's on a totem, 
and this is actually paid for model but sure sure but even still like this is a, this is a situation where like abilities like this score points 100 percent rain scheme markers just score points especially in this gg spread them out oh i can drop one at nine inches away yeah. set trap you know like yeah. you're like th- this is perfect for a set the trap because you're gonna be dropping this trying to hit as many models as possible and oh look there's also a scheme marker but well it is one of the weird rules interactions too where when resolving just means it always happens right but it's after yeah. dropping a shockwave so you still need the shockwave to actually go off <laughs> sure and for my money, I think the best action on the backward card is her free action. You need a five. She gets to push two inches plus an additional inch for each configuration card over a nine. And then triggered any marker she hits go away. So you want to... And that's ignoring terrain, too. Yeah, ignoring terrain. Thank you. So you want to get that elemental bolt off and not have to walk? Well, here you go. You need a five and you get two elemental bolts off. She can push out of engagement if she needs to drop a scheme marker. Uh, if, let's say, oh, you're playing Titania and they're doing the load, load them up scheme, she can get rid of those Titanium markers or any marker you need to. So I think for, for my, uh, my opinion, her free action, best action on her card. It, it prints value. And honestly, since it ignores the terrain, unless you are unless you have a master that forces you to not ignore their hazardous terrain, this means they can just run through hazardous terrain like nobody's going to remove those markers. Also, it fixes the biggest issue with the card, being that both of its attack actions are gun actions. So this allows you to just bail out of engagement so you can still shoot things and do things. Yep, exactly. Fantastic. If your configuration is hot enough... <laughs> then she's basically the lucky emissary for five stones. <laughs> well, not quite. Though, not quite. Not quite. But though, yeah, honestly, nice. I do think you want at least one nine or higher within your your configuration, anyways. So you can effectively treat that like it's a push three. But she's she's got some really interesting stuff where you need very specific card values too, where I haven't seen that in other cards. So. Maybe you have to keep that in mind to get the most value out of it. There's some other models that have very specific cards coming up. Gotcha. Okay. Which, uh, if someone speaks French, anyone here? Leisure d'Alman. Literally a a definition for what this guy does is his name. Looks like Lynch, kind of. Can you translate that? Because I don't actually know it. Uh, I can if I, with my my Google, I, I looked it up one point. Uh, when I was trying to find some cool things on this, but uh, skillful use of one's hands when performing conjuring tricks, and that is his actual name. And the definition of that is what this card's all about. See, weird thought they were clever, but we caught them. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Along so, with everyone else who has Google, yes, yes. <laughs> Enforcer, living seven cost, so you can't make him fast. Um, witness uh, five six five two. Uh, it's like a different version of Desper because he's got diversion, which I hate that ability. Enemy models with the four cannot declare bonus actions. Uh, he's manipulative. Uh, he has the repository, and then the new items on here, which I am extremely jealous of, is this last one. But we'll do mirror trick first during the end phase for each mask card in your configuration to a maximum of three. Move a friendly ski marker in line of sight up to one inch. 
that wins they, that wins games there. Yeah, moving yeah, calling things. it now. Move <laughs> that wins games that, during the end phase, so they can't even be messed with. That that's amazing. Showmanship during opposed duels. Uh, as a fan of Lynch and uh, Mark II, this this makes me almost angry. This model flips face down and always cheats fate second. This model's flip is revealed after the other model has cheated fate or has chosen not to. So this is stupid. <laughs> However, it's on a model that doesn't really do damage, so it's okay. You say that. <laughs> as long as he's stunned, he doesn't do damage. Well, I mean, he he has a 2-3-4 trigger on... Well, it's a 2-3-4 damage on a trigger, so... At least it requires a trigger, and it's not like a huge damage track. Um, well, it, however, th- it's not this a adds huge so damage much... track, but he's also with that attack doing if he hits the trigger, doing two, three, four, and stunned and distracted. Yes, and I, I understand that. Um, <laughs> so it, it is very good. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying at least it's not on like a min three beater or, or something like that. I feel like what that this ability ultimately is going to end up doing is providing a bunch of consistency for him to pull off the tech that he has built into his card. Yep. Which so let's go over the attack action. It's distracting illusion. It's a two inch range melee. Staff five against willpower. That as Scott pointed out. Give stunned and distracted one as the attack. And then the ram trigger, blow your mind, when resolving the target suffers 2, 3, 4 damage. And its other one is very interesting. Uh, This is is one of the the neatest triggers I've ever seen. Choose a marker not in base contact with a model. Until end phase, the chosen marker gains the blocking, destructible, and impassable terrain traits. So I guess it, it... there's a couple things for you. I'm not fully certain how to use all of it to its best ability, but I know you can make non-destructible pieces destructible, and you can make uh, like a pyre marker impassable. The only the only thing I, I'm kind of curious about though is so it adds blocking, but what is the height of the blocking? Because that matters for determining cover. Well, I guess that would in, in line of sight depend on the marker that you're doing it to. If you're doing it to like. You know, let's say a ski marker, it, it would add the blocking trait, but you would not get any blocking from it because it has no height. So it's height, yeah, height zero. Yeah. But if well, you then, get it to a, I guess anything you, with height already has blocking. Has blocking usually. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, height, height and blocking. Lamplighter markers do not have blocking. And they oh, have that's height. right. They are like height four or height five concealing. Yes. Though if, it, if, it's, if it's height zero blocking, would you get cover if you're in base to base with it? Because the sh- wouldn't the shadow of it be zero inches? That's gonna be something we ask the rules lawyer at Weird. Yeah, that that's we don't want to dwell too much on these. Just look at the the good things. Yeah. E- either way, this is a great way for you to remove like pesky pyro markers or something in an extremely odd and uh, like I don't know like circumventing expectations sort of way. But I think that's entirely within theme of this model. Yep. Which the other great ability, which uh, James knows I've done to him many a times, uh, Expert Thief. Uh, it's also on Desper and a couple other models. Target a model that can use Soul Stones. Target must discard a Soul Stone. If it does so, add one to this crew Soul Stone pool with a once per turn uh, mass trigger to immediately increase this duel's total by two. And I had to ask you guys about this. Uh, that works with showmanship. Yeah, 
Yep, because one as soon as you actually reveal it and you have it, it would just immediately add two to the duel. Yep, which I do think is kind of neat with showmanship. So you don't even look at the card yourself until it's revealed. So you, you flip it face down, you don't look at it, your opponent flips face up, and then with zero information, your opponent has to decide whether or not they want to cheat. Once they're done making that decision, you flip your card over, add any positives to it, and then you get to decide if you want to cheat or not. Yeah, pretty interesting. It's better than Lynch 2. Pretty or Lynch and GG 2. Interesting. Um, Mark if you're playing them, maddening if you're playing against them. Yep. So so then his uh, free action is uh, disillusion. So enemy only. You get to move the target six inches, uh, six inch up range. Up to its movement. Yeah, up to its move movement. Move it up to their yeah. movement, yep. Yeah. Um, and then with a trigger that uh, when resolving, you can ignore train when doing it. So again, more being able to move models, which is going to be... Yeah, honestly, that, that phasmal doorway, which again is on a crow... Um, allowing you to ignore terrain with that movement, like this is this is awesome. Just I mean, like you shoving get that full move into severe terrain, and they have to take half the action to get out. Yeah, like you're you're just like either that, or you can just like shove them through a wall and put them on the other side of a building or something. It's yeah. it's 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 not quite as good as like hole in the world, but it is a it's a comparable result, honestly, depending on the movement range of the model that you're hitting with this. Yep. And then everyone's favorite, False Claim, is a tactical action it has. Uh, Good lord. With, this time, a Tome Trigger, uh, Ace up of the sleeve. This trigger can only be declared if there's at least one card with a value of one in your configuration. After resolving, look at the top three cards of your Fate deck and place them back in any order. Honestly, I think this this trigger will go off more often than you'd, you'd think, mainly because I think you're going to want to dump ones into your configuration at some point anyways just to keep them out of your deck and so of course again this is another instance of just this is top of deck molding or at least knowledge so like these guys are doing nothing but trying to play with value all game yeah, and technically he has a trigger of every suit on his card which a lot of these cards have had multiple triggers of different suits on throughout their whole card so no matter what you're putting in your configuration to build in that suit you'll probably get some sort of value out of it. Yeah, this dude is going to be fantastic, especially into uh, any pools that require dropping down multiple scene markers or just multiple markers in general. I mean, hell, this dude could almost score, uh, load him up by himself with 2 AP. And and hell, you could you could just obey him with the, with the henchman to make him do it again, and there's your six. Yeah, he's good. I like him. Do you want to move on to the good. next enforcer? Yes, sir. I mean, uh, aesthetically, he's my favorite of the crew. Absolutely. This dude's dope looking. If you've ever seen Hellboy 2 or just the Hellboy comics, there is Johan Kraus, which I don't mm-hmm. know if they took influence from that, but it's pretty much the exact same character, but in artwork compared to the uh, comic style. Yeah. I love so, it. Okay. so he's an oil man in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> And Kraus was just uh, ectoplasm. But this guy's ink. My thing with this guy, this guy looks like he should be an explorer because almost there's quite a few abilities and actions he has that got stolen from the explorers. So I think he, <laughs> he's a, an explorer in disguise. He looks like an EVS model. Could yeah. be. Stat 7, uh, or not stat 7, cost 7, enforcer, construct, witness, defense 6, willpower 4, move 5, 
uh, size two and armor one. He has ink fingers, which he stole, like you said, from the Explorers uh, repository. And then the two new ones on here are kinetic amplifier. When this so model kin- would suffer damage from a shockwave or a pulse, it may discard a card to instead gain focus. So that's not actually new. He stole that from uh, from Eric. Oh, yeah, that goes my knowledge. So he also has that. <laughs> so I guess the new thing is a steric calibrator? Etheric? Yes. Okay. When a friendly witness model would activate within four, including himself, if there are at least three crows in your configuration, this model may look at the top card of its fate deck and discard it. So another reason to bring crows, which there's there's a lot of reasons for crows on this card. Yes, there's crows and everything. So I think we've gotten to that fact that crows are like the jam for this. Yeah. He is Ravencroft, so. <laughs> yes, I guess. <laughs> wow, I, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> That's what I bring to the table, the out, out of the box. <laughs> okay, so his uh, his uh, starting at the top, his scratch, one inch, that's six, two, three, four, gain staggered, uh, two triggers, one to hand out adversary enemy, so an interesting one that we see very very rarely. What is that? I think there's what, Big Brain Brand has that, something like that, or he has protected enemy. Or no. I feel like I feel like there's there's also a model in Nelly's crew that has that. Yeah, and then um, he has another one, the Crow, which is it's all over his card. Immediately, the target loses all suits in its duel and reduces the duel total by one. Yeah, so so they th- lose their suits. So, yes. Ant, screw your uh, Tony Ironsides and your defense tech. And he effectively becomes stat seven. Yep, pretty yep. much. Now it's. Two, three, four, and staggered, which is good, but staggered is better at range and up close. But still, um, yeah, you can take this guy into Tony, and Tony's gonna take one on the chin and not give it back. I mean, there's other defensive uh, resistance triggers that are based on built-in suits or just getting a suit. Oh, he does stop some of that, which is great for them, not for the defender. He's yoinking all their all their stuff. Yep. Which, again, stealing suits. Explorers, stealing that from them. (laughs) So, uh, speaking of just how this dude seems to be the biggest thief in all of existence, um, so every other action on here he's stolen from other models. So, Etheric Grenade he took from from Eric as well. Um, So it's the classic range 8, stat 6, Nina 12, uh, shockwave that ignores line of sight, movement 13, damage 2. With uh, with that crow trigger for prioritize, so again, choose a card in your configuration, add it to uh, to your control hand, and then he's got lashing tendrils. So, is that another explorer's thing that he stole? Melosaurus. Yep, yep. So again, push the target four in any direction. This is uh, more of that out of activation movement. It's fantastic. Um, he's got another crow trigger on this one. Uh, reach out and grab them. So this model may take the grasping tentacles action. Which spoiler? He has grasping tentacles. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I kind of wanted to briefly talk about grasping tentacles. It's the ability that I've used probably ten times and enforced one time. But on paper, it seems very, very good because there are a lot of enemy abilities that cause very small movements, like two to three inches. And this can actually turn those com- almost completely off 
or in the worst case scenario, it it could prevent somebody from like walk charging you even. Um, and it has massive tentacles, the busted ass Maxine trigger <laughs> that everyone hates, including me. Yeah, so him having grasping tentacles here, especially with the trigger that sets him up to do it for free, um, I think is going to be fantastic. This GG in the sense that like. The, the fact that he can he can screw with your movement speed like that and again I mean he's got staggered so like he, he could very well like punch you hit you with staggered push you away from him you know and then you know like turn this crap on and then just drop shot a shockwave on you so you're reduced movement anyways but in that situation now like your your, your movement is reduced considerably and again like pointed out previously in a GG where you need to have bodies in places, and a lot of people are going to be trying to rely on those little two, three-inch movements to try and reposition things and get things where they need it to be. This dude by himself can almost entirely shut that down. Yeah, just don't don't forget to tell your opponent to, <laughs> to actually do that. That's 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 play's fault, not the card's fault. I say technically Absolutely. with a move five model, if you charged it, gave it staggered, and then used the lashing tendrils as long as you were at your max distance i think with the staggered you could push it away and since you're reducing it by another two i think you could stop them from being able to charge you i think that math works yeah Yeah, move them five inches away from you then at that point they're move three and then that's reduced by a further two yeah so they they would have one inch of movement (laughs) yeah they couldn't they even could not get to you on a move and then a charge unless they have a two inch reach Yikes. So it's, that staggered maybe makes more sense uh, than we we thought with some of those other things with that grasping tentacles. Yeah, so like op- optimal situation here is very much going along those lines. You charge someone, you hit them with this, right? Lashing tendrils them with the crow trigger to do grasping tentacles. You push them four inches away from you with this, and that's another five inches away from you. You have that aura up. And then you drop a, a etheric grenade on their face, and and now that other model is effectively useless unless there's something that's what within yeah it, three it just, inches it of them f's with your opponent. I think way more than you think we originally thought. At least I originally thought, um, just in terms of making it a useless model. Yeah, absolutely. And that it, it, that also would affect too. Now, not as effective, but if they leap. If they're in your aura when they leap, their leap is going to be two inches less. So yeah. I'd have to check the math on it. So with, with the grenade, could you drop that in between the two of you, get him with the grenade so you can get kinetic amplifier, discard a card off of it, and give yourself focus in the process? It depends how far you push, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you push them, so if they're if they're five inches away, you could drop it in the middle of it. It's got two inches off of either side. I'd have to measure it out, but there's there's there could potentially be some some jank there. He's a forty millimeter too. Yeah, probably would work. Yeah, actually, now that we've talked through this dude's card and and figured out that sort of activation, that's that's some mean shit. <laughs> that's such an AP sink. Yeah, it's exactly just destroying your opponent's AP from doing anything. And it, does, and it doesn't even see like it's all that difficult to do either. Yeah. Well, if you're if you destroyed their hand and with your ability to cultivate a hand, mm-hmm. they have, wouldn't 
especially later in the turn, it wouldn't be that hard, whether it would be and, worth and, it or not. Yeah, and since this is a an Arcanist crew, like any of these enforcers, if for whatever <sighs> reason, you can just, you know, let them use soul stones too. So there's also that. And there's right. and there's multiple means of getting so, additional soul stones in this crew. So and we haven't even talked about any of these models possibly going out of keyword, but some of these are good enough to do that. Yeah. Why'd you have to bring that up, Zach? So that's so that's <laughs> so that's Marco. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's let's move on to the quickly. I guess do the uh, the big boy that has been yeah, revealed that. out for a while. Most people have probably seen him. Pretty um, pretty minor character in the crew, I'd say. Uh, very minor, you know. He only gives uh, positives and uh, has a huge three, four, six huge fist with siphon essence. So, uh, so low, low hith or, yeah. or the soul stone golem. Um, he's he's your classic ten ten stone size four five five five. He's got armor one. Um, he's another house the soul model so he's one of those ones you're definitely going to probably want to bring for the sake of maintaining your built-in suit in between rounds he brings over lantern of souls which i mean finally we're starting to see these anti-demise ability techs getting moved out beyond just uh thunders and rezzers to Um, the wrong factions though i'm (laughs) i'm sorry um (laughs) so He's got a Living Soul Stone, brand new ability. Once per activation after this model, uses the Soul Stone and may place a card of value 9 or greater from your configuration into its discard pile to gain a Soul Stone. So you could you could cycle a card out there, especially like near near end of a turn or something when you know you're going to lose something anyways. You could pull this off just to sort of get the effects of your Soul Stone without losing it. And then... Um, yeah, it's a free Soul Stone, essentially. Yeah, basically, yeah. And then he's got Demise Last Release. So after this model is killed, remove any number of markers within Pulse 3 of it. So that's that's marker removal un- if he unfortunately dies. But, I mean, there, there's a, probably a decent chance he'll be standing in the middle of a, of a clusterfuck on markers to begin with. So that's pretty cool. Just, uh, oh, and it's any number of them. So you don't even need to remove the things you care about. Yeah. Ten wounds, armor one, henchman. Not bad. Uh, all the front of that card is all kinds of good. He doesn't have the uh, the ability with the, the different suits, though. He's the first one I've seen that doesn't have that. Oh, Which ability is that? Well, I think they're all called different things, but Etheric Calibrator or uh, Mirror Trick. Yeah, that seems to be something that they, they've put on the, uh, Enforcers. the Enforcers specifically. Yeah. Yeah, and then the one important lady <laughs> oh yeah that's true they do have yeah. so huh. well either way that's fine because i think i think in those situations they, they're set up to be theoretically used more as like you're teching into certain things for different builds but honestly i don't even think that's necessary but he, he is very much more generalized so you'll be wanting to bring him all the time i gotta just say right now i think he's the iron garyon uh, he stole <laughs> the huge fists Throne boulders is from Gigants. We'll have to see I mean, uh, what his. And he's got all the like. arms coming out of his head and stuff. Well, I have to say, I mean, talking about the model, this is the one model I do not like in this crew. Not, I'm not saying mechanically, but just the model itself. I just, it looks like, oh, like a many arm sloth. Oh, the sculpt. <laughs> yeah. The well, sculpt. I mean, honestly, I, I think I think how good this model will look on the table will come down to how well it's painted. Um. 
So I think I think people that know how to paint really well is going to make this thing look fucking ridiculous. But it is it is much like the uh, the grave golem, a model that uh, would probably benefit from some uh, artistic additions um, in the in the sculpt department. Because otherwise, grave golem looks like a turd, and this guy, like you said, apparently looks like a crystal sloth. Exactly. Uh, yes. <laughs> crystal sloth that can heal himself off his bonus action, can throw boulders, and has a min three fifth. Yeah, so let's let's quickly go over uh, what what we think the most important actions are on here, um, which are all of them except for except for draw essence, draw essence. <laughs> um, so he's got the huge fist. It's the classic stat six, range one, three, four, six, best damage track in the game, damn near. Siphon essence on a crow, so another reason to bring crows. Soulstone shards on a tome, so this is a target. Enemy models within pulse two of the target must each pass a target number eleven. Uh, defense duel or gain stun, so that's more stun setting up your your dabblers to be people out of nowhere, um, as if stunned wasn't good enough already. Um, so he's then he's got thrown boulder, which in my opinion may, other than the bonus action, I think is arguably the most important action on this card. So it's range 8 gun, stat 6 against defense, target suffers 2, 3, five, two uh, three blast, 5 blast, and then put, uh, push models damaged by this action 2 inches away from this model. The thing is, he's got rolling earth on a mask, so enemy only when resolving, so you don't need to pass. The target suffers plus blast damage, then place this model in the base contact with the target. So you're hitting someone, pushing them 2 inches away, and then teleporting to the other side of them. So, that's like 12-ish inches, 13-ish inches of movement that you don't even need to pass the duel for. It just happens. Like, he's the, what, the fastest golem out there, maybe? No, you'd still have to succeed in the duel, because if you don't succeed in the duel, you don't get the blast. Yes, but that's period, and this yeah. is then place this model into base contact with the target, so... When when doing abilities like this, if part of the act, if part of the ability cannot be resolved, you skip to the next section. So you skip that entirely and then go to the next pair, uh, next sentence rather. Then place this model in the base contact with the target. So you'd still get your place. Okay. <clears throat> well, uh, send us an email at breachburn@gmail.com <laughs> if you have an opinion and like would like to share with us. Um. Either, either either way, so draw essence is is terrible nobody nobody cares about draws um soulstone geode is his bonus action it's a three inch or this is this is like arguably the thing here you get a five for it to go off until the end phase when a friendly witness model within range flips a card this model may suffer one irreducible damage to have the friendly model receive a plus to that flip so that's any flip so you can do this on your damage to go for that you know six six damage or whatever um, you can use this if you're if you're flipping a soul stone to reduce damage, you know. In, in case you really need to make sure you don't take damage here, there you go. And then on a ram trigger, uh, claim gemstones for each different suit in your configuration. This model may have up to an equal number of friendly witness models within range, so he can heal himself too and heal buddies with him too. So this dude's awesome, honestly. So is that eight or ten total then? Eight or ten total what? Health that he can hand out. <clears throat> what through that heal? Mm-hmm. Um, so each different suit. So four. So eight. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty decent on a bonus. 
Yeah, not bad for a five. Now it's ounce. only with a three inch range, but he's also a fifty millimeter base. Yeah, and he's teleporting around with his boulders. Uh, he's good. We, we it's been getting a little long tonight, but uh, we have one more model left to cover. Sure, sure. Well, the Soulstone Gammon is kind of like him, but a lot worse. Four four <laughs> for four. Uh, has the same demise and armor. How's the soul and repository? So we've covered all that, but I see the bonus is a no flip. Three inch friendly witness heals one. Yeah, and it's a tactical, so it can target itself. It has mm, yeah. a six inch range target against injured one. And claws that have siphon life. That's a one two four that it's still only stat four, but I mean stat fours are worth it if you were listening to that Swamp Fiends episode sometimes just flurry of attacks, a stat four can hit uh, stat seven defense pretty easily if they're out of cards. Which they very well might be. Though honestly, I, I, I kind of like uh, the drain action here. Handing out, handing out more injured really just sort of sets the crew up, because the crew does have a lot of stat fives across the board in places, so I think that's really going to help the crew in, in general. But the big reason why you probably bring this model is because it has House of Soul. So I, I think it'd be very common for people to bring the golem in one of these so that you can maintain three House of Souls for, for your built-in suit. Yeah, and this guy just kind of chills in the back, probably trying to drain or heal something and maybe not doing much, but keeping that card. Yeah, I agree. He kind of just sits on the periphery of the fight, just sort of maybe, maybe healing up the golem every time he, he pings out a damage for, for a big punch or something. Tosses out injured where he can, and just otherwise just sort of tries not to take too much of the attention because he'll die pretty quick. But overall, I mean, it's just a it's a cute little little thing. It's it's a four stone gammon, <laughs> indeed. So uh, well, kind of wrapping it up here. So my my impressions of this crew is yeah, there's going to be hand destruction and um, a just kind of a volume of stuff that they can do to you. They kind of like a have something for a little bit of everything. The only thing they don't have other than low hit is they don't have really a big damage dealer, so they can't bring like a multitude of threats damage-wise unless they're going out of keyword. And I also don't, uh, my milk toast, lukewarm, hot take on this is that this is definitely not a new player-friendly crew. That configuration to try and get the maximum out of it is going to take a lot of play time and... Uh, just a lot of brain power. I mean, it seems Dreamer 2, a lot of people have mentioned how just to get his berry, unberry mechanic to work well, it takes a lot of brain power. This configuration to get the most mileage out of it seems like it's going to be 10 times what Dreamer 2 players have to put up with. So definitely not friendly. Um, also, one thing we are talking about uh, upgrades with the enforcers and stuff like that, uh, you have the dabblers are living, so they can take their plus one hand size upgrade. I don't like it. Oh, uh, and Marco is a construct, so he can take uh, diesel engine. Yes, he can. Hey. So well, honestly, well, one one thing I wanted to discuss. Okay, so for our low soul stone models, we have the gammon and the dabblers. So who do you think we're going to see on the table more? Both. I take think there's going to be one at least of one of each in every crew. Yeah, I agree. You're going to have at least one of each. Yeah, I was going to actually say, this seems like a crew where you kind of want to just bring one of everything. You very well could. Because they all have very unique abilities that really multiply off of each other. 
Maybe people will find you can clip corners, but that's I'll say you might clip Ledger if it's more towards Killian, not a lot of schemes in the pool, because that's his big part. Or if you don't need the ink fingers and that, maybe you could clip out Marco. But in general, it's a lot of in keyword, I think. I think you're staying in key. I agree. So that was going to be the next thing I asked. What do you think we would see out of keyword into this crew more often than not if someone brings something? A beater. And even then, I do I do think between the Golem and the Master, you get quite a bit of decent damage there. Um, though I do think overall most of your damage is through volume of attacks more than anything else. But yeah, if you if you need to bring something out of keyword, it's probably going sort of beater. Makes sense. I mean, they got all the, the scheming stuff pretty much covered. I will say, if you could fit it in, the Corfi duet because they have Execute, or Howard Langston because you have Execute. And uh, I mean, that it's not just like seems it's great when you're killing their hand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing they can't build that into anything other than their own models. Yes. Yes. Very good, yes. Yeah, and then uh, if you're killing their hand, if you do go the Corpy duet or, or I'm, I'm sorry, uh, the Howard Langston's for the executes, you have the uh, one model that can uh, steal their soul stones. Yeah, true. <laughs> but so that's probably the reason why there is zero executes in this keyword, because it would break it immediately. <laughs> and thankfully, I, uh, quick scan, the executes are all on 10 stone models or higher. Makes sense. They thought about this. When they're like, oh, hey, let's just let, let the players build any suit in. They're like, yeah, let's not give them execute. Or no crit strikes either. Yeah, because this, this, this crew can... It, it's super consistent with its triggers, and it's really good at just destroying the opponent's resources. So, like, those combinations would have been a bit much. And then, I don't know who said it earlier, but yes, this crew also hates stunned. Yeah, stunned is its worst nightmare. Like Molly, not Molly. Um, Pandora is probably like the biggest like negative experience for these guys. Like it's like you don't want to match up against Pandora because Pandora is just rock your world. Uh-huh. Outcasts have a lot of range stunned. Uh, is it? No, no. Daw does staggered, but any any range stunned is gonna be bad. It's that Stuck that has stunned. Yeah, Stuck's, uh, his students all have lecture notes that hands out stunned. At yeah. six- so while this guy is, is great, I think, unfortunately, th- that, that ranged stun or anything with stunned is going to really hamper this crew so hard. Because I'm pretty sure there's no um, condition removal within keyword. Not nope. a keyword. And Arcanists are little. terrible at it, out of keyword. So that's that's probably going to be your, your big play into these guys, if you can, tech it, is to try and try and hit them with conditions because they're they, like they're both a like i feel like they're to a degree a bit of a condition crew on their own since a lot of these models just just so happen to hand out various negative conditions i think the only negative condition that they don't hand out is poison because we got we got fire we got stunned we got staggered <laughs> um we have adversary yeah we got adversary like I mean, they, we got injured. Injured's the one we have probably the most of. So yeah, I think they have literally every negative condition they can hand out, except for poison. Yeah, they have distracted too. Oh, and shit. I'm yeah, and distracted. So, I'm, like, and that kind of hurts a lot of crews that have like targeted removal of conditions. We're like, oh, remove a condition. 
you know, or or things like um, the the one heal that removes poison specifically. You know, thing, things of those nature are going to struggle here because it's not just you stacking a bunch of one condition. It's you handing out a plethora of conditions. Very cool. <clears throat> well, we've covered just about everything, and uh, I think everybody has mastered the crew now, so everyone go out and buy and defeat everyone and tell them we sent you. Um, yeah. Uh, check out our Discord. We've actually been getting that, uh, some good uh, feedback from people, good chats going on, pestering more people for Lucius information, my usual MO. Um, got the blog. About to say, uh, shout out to shout out to some of those guys like, like Dice Man and Nathan. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. guys have been really been talking to us. Yeah, for sure. Some very cool guys. Um, potentially going to be a tournament in Michigan at the end of August, so stay posted. Hopefully, get an event up soon. Be a GG three tournament. Hopefully I'll be able to practice that a little bit soon. So I don't lose every game like I tend to do at tournaments. We're we're Uh, bringing you out to play. We're we're getting a group together this weekend, so you're going to get some GG3. Yeah, for sure. That'll be fun. Yeah, I'm actually playing a game with Bob Friday, and then I'm playing at least one game Saturday, and then probably two or three games Sunday. All right, y'all out there. Uh... Just have a great Gen Con. Hopefully we'll get this out before that. And we're looking forward to uh, playing some games with y'all. Yeah, absolutely. See you around.